Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute, episode number 77. Today I'm interviewing Barbara Shepard of ASAPAC, a cannabis startup that is making beverages in the cannabis space. This episode covers all sorts of awesome like entrepreneurship, mindset stuff, research and development, and how she got started. Tune in and enjoy. We had some problems with the audio, but I think you're still going to really love the podcast. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to the Smallholder Food Development Institute podcast, where we serve up truth so that you can build the profitable, sustainable food business you've always dreamed of. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele. So hi there. I'm so glad that you came onto the podcast. We're so excited to have you here on the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute, Barbara. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, about Mile High Food Science and Ace Pack Global. Let us know about yourself. All right. Well, first, thank you for having me, Michelle. I really appreciate it. Um, I guess to start at the beginning, I moved here to Colorado almost 20 years ago from Louisiana. And when I first moved here, I had an amazing opportunity to make the world a better place. And the opportunity was I was an organ and tissue transplant microbiologist and mycologist. So, yeah, it's a, a very bittersweet industry and it's a wonderful, wonderful industry to be a part of. Um, after working several years, uh, I contracted with uh, Nestle and I did a worldwide ingredient audit, uh, audit with them. And in the meantime, I also met my husband who is a food scientist. And that's really when I started getting into um, food science, uh, food safety, food quality, food defense, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, Nestle ended up closing their Inglewood, Colorado headquarters, and they moved to Ohio. Um, as soon as I moved here to Colorado, I knew that this place, this place was for me. So um, I went into laboratory management uh, for environmental labs. And I also did a brief stint working at a pet food factory, uh, making raw meat slurries. Yeah. Let me tell you how fun that was. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds good. (laughs) The smell was amazing. I could say, I could tell you that my dogs were very happy with me every night. (laughs) Very happy to see me. So about eight years ago, um, my husband was working for the largest dairy company and we actually, we made the decision uh, to start our own consulting business. And that's how that's how this whole thing started. Okay. And that consulting business was Mile High Food Science. Correct. Cool. So with Mile High Food Science, we're a product development consulting company. Okay. And we started about eight years ago. Would you, I'm, I apologize for that squeaking noise. Um, what is that? It's my dog. Ah, 
A little cooped up because I apologize for that. All the anyway, I digress. No, so that's okay. Clients, uh, with my husband's Rolodex and our 401ks. So literally from our house, from our kitchen, and we started developing food products for major CB CPG companies because that's who our contacts were sure in the meantime we have been able to witness the birth of medical marijuana and recreational marijuana here in Colorado so it's been an interesting evolution to see most of our clientele being big CPG companies to starting to get marijuana companies. And now of course we've seen a big uptick with CBD companies. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime, we're, we're working with one of the largest packaging companies in the world. And we understood their process, the processing so well, Mm -hmm. and how to formulate with their processing system that we started ace pack so what ace pack is it's a co-manufacturer for beverages non-carbonated using an aseptic processing system right okay so carbon non-carbonated aseptically processed cbd based drinks right correct okay and how did you make the transition from like a service-based business to actually producing product? Well, to me, it's all service-based. And maybe this, you know, this goes back to when I worked at the laboratory. No matter what you're doing, you know, someone once asked me, what makes you happy? And you know, a, a big part of that is helping other people. So to me, even with manufacturing, it's all service-based. And I feel that a lot of people have, have overlooked that aspect of whatever they do, if they're in manufacturing or right. retail, it's, you know, it's all, it's all service-based. I think that's so important as a co-manufacturer, somebody who's actually putting, because you're, 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 you're putting other people's labels on the, on the packaging, right? It's not your label. Correct. Yeah. So that, no, you're really right. It is a service-based business. <laughs> yeah. And it's, whether it's, it's someone you're co-manufacturing from or even all the way down to the consumer, and one of our pillars is, I apologize for my very- uh, You know what? This is like the real world. We got dogs <laughs> in the background. We got kids in the background. Like it's real life. <laughs> it is. And she wants to say hi to everybody. She's Aww. very friendly and social. 
<laughs> but even down to the consumer, to me, it's service-based. I want to make sure that not only do we make amazing products, but that they're, they're ultimately safe for the consumer. Right. Right. Uh, and that is, I mean, like, if you think about it, that really is uh, the, the service that our consumers depend on that they it's an unwritten expectation mm -hmm. even if in cannabis it's really not a written rule Ugh. that's correct and like here in colorado with our our regulations i feel like our, our regulations at least for the laboratory side I've, in some cases our regulations are too strict and then in other cases they're not strict enough mm-hmm well, in my experience out in Colorado, and you can you can tell me if I if I learned this wrong, but when I was I had a lab I was working um, there with, and I, I used to like audit labs for somebody who was buying them, uh -huh. and I believe it's the law in, in Colorado that all you have to do is send in a gram for testing. Yeah, and it's. <coughs> To me, what I've observed, and this is not every lab in Colorado, is there was such a big opportunity that was presented mm -hmm. with the, the legalization of this new category that everybody wants to get in. But the problem is when you've got all of this capital to spend and to create something a lot of people will cut corners and they won't get the right personnel to execute their vision. Right. Right. So yeah. yeah, like one of the things I've noticed is a lot of companies, they'll buy all this new equipment, right? They're spending so much money on this equipment mm -hmm. and then they'll go hire a recent graduate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Well, you know, one of the things that I talk about with my clients, and I've talked about it on the podcast a lot, is that there are actually six assets in a business. Mm -hmm. And your facilities and your capital equipment is the bottom of the pile. It is by no means the first thing that you invest in but it's shiny. It's easily funded. It's fungible. It's yeah. like the first thing everybody wants to go get. And like, there are a lot of us who are coming from other businesses, other CPG businesses. I talk to accountants and lawyers and all that sort of stuff. And they're like, um, can we talk about product and process? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I know that's not sexy. <laughs> Right. Well, one of the first questions I always ask a lab is I ask to speak with their chemist mm -hmm. and I ask them to give me, you know, a broad 37,000 foot view of how do you write a method and can you tell me the difference when you're writing a new method between different matrix types, right? right. And I, I like to give this example. If Let's say I've got one glass with Coke in it and I've got another glass with water in it. And I wanna analyze it for CBD. And what I've observed is a lot of companies are purchasing a method from ASTM 
mm-hmm. AOC, one of the big companies. Sure. But they're running mm-hmm. every matrix type on that one right. method. And just to, I'm just going to interrupt you here for people who don't understand what the word matrix is. A matrix is the thing that you are testing. Water is one matrix. Coke is another matrix. Pepsi is another matrix. You know, and so when we talk about a matrix, not your, your, um, your test has to be validated to the matrix. You have to be able to scientifically prove your test works on the thing you're testing. That's all we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I try to get pictured to exact people to picture, you know, Coke and water and you want to pull the CBD out. Well, your CBD or whatever you're looking for is going to elude or come off at a different time, depending on how it's inside of the product. Right. Um, in mo- my experience has been most labs. I, I get a deer in he- headlights terrified look of, we don't know what you're talking about. Well, that's frightening. It, it is. So in that aspect, I take most lab results with, with a grain of salt. I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done on the laboratory side to get mm-hmm. up to speed. Right. So anyway, I digress. I'm kind of no. a lab nerd. No, that, I mean, <laughs> but, but I think that's a really big strength that you bring to co-packing. And so I guess my question would be is how are you translating all of that knowledge that you are bringing in from laboratory sciences, from, from doing product development with big um, CPG companies, how are you bringing that into the new company that you have right now? Because essentially you had an idea baby, right? Right. (laughs) You're bringing these two (laughs) things together to put a new service proposition in front of people. And so talk to me a little bit about that journey. Yeah, of course. So one of the things that we'll be implementing is we will be, we will have the right team to help us write these methods. Cause I see all these news stories, you, you know, you see them everywhere. Labs tested 10 products and only two had CBD in them. Right. Mm-hmm. I actually suspect more of the products have CBD in them, but the labs aren't accurately and precisely testing them. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I want to do is start exploring that and writing those methods. And then once those methods are written, collaborating with other laboratories so that we can actually have good data sets to evaluate products. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the way I see it working is I've observed there's, there's such a move away from plastics. Mm -hmm. Uh, Denver alone is about to out, they're trying to outlaw even plastics in restaurants. So no more plastic based to go containers, straws, et cetera. Um, And with our ACE, aseptic packaging it's all in uh, cart uh, it's a carton packaging okay and then also in the cannabis industry as a whole one of the big problems is 
they don't have sustainable packaging in all of the waste. Right. Mm. So that's that's one of the things that drew me toward towards this, but also I believe that it is the absolute best way to process the ingredient in a beverage delivery system. So it's got a smaller carbon footprint, it's more sustainable, and to me the processing is is spot on. It's clean label. We don't a lot of people are talking about nano emulsions and right. bioavailability. Everybody's throwing out these these marketing terms. And I have to tell you, the one marketing term that bothers me the most is water soluble. Because right. to, to me, it's misleading the consumer. And if you're going to be deceptive, <laughs> I don't want to do business with you. So can you, for those, um, for those of you, uh, the, those, those of the folks listening to the podcast, can you describe what, so you and I know what we mean by a, by a septic, right? Uh, right. Um, Describe in, don't give away your trade secrets, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but describe what the process is. So a couple weeks ago on the podcast, we did um, process flow diagramming because it's step five of the five pre-steps, no, mm -hmm. step four, sorry, of the five pre-steps of PASSIP is write your process <laughs> flow diagram. So what's a process flow diagram for your product, uh, for like aseptically packaged in a carton CBD drinks? So the whole thing will be through an internal system where it okay. doesn't see and it's not exposed to the light of day until the consumer opens it. Okay. Now we've been we've been pretty lucky, um, in that we've been able to kind of tailor make our processing solution. Okay. To go into this so that it preserves, safely preserves uh, cannabinoids. In fact, terpenes, etc., cetera, uh, in, in the processing system without being negatively affected by the heat. So are you doing the extraction there? Or are you getting already extracted? Are, are you getting already extractions in? already extracted we definitely view this as an ingredient and okay. our expertise isn't in the extraction process sure. it's more of an how to apply that ingredient to whatever function we want god it so you really help people figure out what their final product is and how to master the ingredients together so that they get that product correct and when I mentioned when the, the marijuana industry first became really big here in Colorado, you know, we would go out to solicit business and everybody would tell us, oh, we've, I've been making brownies for 20 years. We don't need your help. Sure. There's this big um, ego right. involved. And pretty soon they start calling, okay, my brownies are molding after five days. What do I do? <laughs> Yep. Mm. Turns out you need a process, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So that, so how do you see your background? Because, you know, there's so many people going into cannabis with a diversity of backgrounds. 
pounds. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like the people listening to this are not the dude bros who are like, Hey, let's get into <laughs> cannabis, dude. That's not the people, like the people who listen to this podcast are serious business people who are out there building wealth and community through whatever um, food or cannabis products that they are creating. So how do you see your background translating into you being able to really service your customers? The way I like to explain it is we have the ability to help get you from point A to Z in a straight line instead of having to go through a million tangents. So not only do we save time, effort, resources, mm-hmm. um, but then pretty soon we're going to be able to to manufacture. Right, right. And how far away from manufacturing are you? Like, where are you in the in the in like standing up your facility? We're looking at quarter four, and one of the things we're doing is we're building a customer innovation center here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we're going to be able to do, particularly with, with beverages, is we've, got, we've invested in an R&D unit where we can do small batch processing into saleable containers, uh, three to five gallons. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're, so people, so that's like a real R&D facility. Yeah. It, it, it will be, yeah. Wow, that's pretty amazing because doing like, you know, because one of the problems with co-packers is they require such high initial volumes and you're like, I'm a brand new business. I have no idea if there's the market demand. We're not going to, you know, and then we, we got to, we got to make, you know, 2000 liters of whatever we're talking about. And, and I got to store it. All of that is so epically expensive. (laughs) Exactly. And then, I mean, the cost alone for buying ingredients for even a small R and D test run of that, that size Right. Is, is enormous and sure. it can put startups, it can put that barrier it's where it makes it out of reach. Right. Mm. And I believe that the growth of the industry, what we're going to see is going to be in the startups. How do you see startups creating wealth and community around you in the cannabis world? So. Um, hopefully they'll listen to us and take our advice. Some people do, some people don't. Uh, we've worked with a lot of startups and we've seen some really fantastic success stories. Mm -hmm. And we've also, you know, seen the opposite. I think, I think for a lot of, a lot of people, and this is just my observation, is it depends on your motivation. I've seen people in it just for the money. Right. And then I've seen people in it who want to make something great. And it's usually those people that put their company and their products before them that I see succeed. I think that is one of those universal truths about business. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this huge myth, and let me know what you think about this, in cannabis, in the green rush, that you're going to go in there and you're going to make a killing no matter what you do. Right. And I think that's a really big misconception because I've seen companies with tons of capital and they just don't make it. And they don't, they can't see the forest through the trees. 
Oh, I get that. I was, I was at a company and they had had a huge investment in them and they showed me, they walked me to their warehouse and there's, and they pointed out that they had $750 million worth of inventory. Mm -hmm. And I looked at them and I was like, um, who's <laughs> buying that? Uh-huh. <laughs> because just because you can make it doesn't mean you should <laughs> you know and they're like and it's like if you build it they will come and and people across food industries think this like I was talking years ago I was talking with somebody who was making some who was planting some sort of novel leafy green vegetable and she's like I'm gonna make a market for this I was like doesn't really work that way <laughs> so I think that that's really amazing that you can do really small batch test runs I think that's phenomenal whoa so we can actually do small batch te test runs but we're also going to be the only aseptic facility in the U.S who can also do small batch um, MOQs for existing companies. So explain what an MOQ is. Um, minimum order quantity. So mm -hmm. you picture a big tank mm -hmm. and most companies, hold on, let me think of how I put this. Um, the existing aseptic plants in the US are currently they're booked out for years right and like you literally so, can't get in there. <laughs> that you literally can't do when get in there and not only that but they won't touch cbd as an ingredient right now we've custom designed our processing unit i think i touched on this so that we can also do small test pilot batches into sellable so let's say Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Be sure to join us in the Proofing Box, a private Facebook page for food producers filled with valuable information and technical tips. Grow your business by learning from people just like you, all under the guidance of a food safety expert.